Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the greatest, the bestest, the most awesome show on the internet. This is the RR Show. This is episode 150, and today we are diving into r slash petty revenge for a little bit of cheeky fun. Hopefully this is going to be exactly what you need to quench those Monday blues. So grab your tea and your popcorn, and let's jump in. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben. Taylor Swift: The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're ready to enjoy a fantastic show. Today, our first story is from Octo23. Neighbor moves after I install a camera. I live in a semi-detached house and share a driveway. When I first moved in, an older British couple lived next door. I got along with them great. Then the wife passed away and the husband moved to an apartment and sold the house to someone I will call Cece. Initially there were no issues with Cece, but sometimes she did things that annoyed me. However, for the most part I was able to ignore her and her extended family. On one occasion I found the roof of my spouse's car dented after it was left on the street. On another occasion I found damage to my spouse's car, and the easiest explanation was if someone backed out of Cece's driveway without looking. I didn't have any firm evidence, just circumstantial evidence. So I installed a camera, no audio, just video, on my garage that looked out over the shared driveway and the street. I then went and told all my neighbors about the damage to the car and the new camera. Nobody verbalized any concerns and nobody admitted to the damage. By the end of next week, Cece listed her house for sale and it closed quite quickly and I had a new neighbor. Now, Cece was a realtor and should have known the law about vacating her old house, but she was still making trips with her stuff long after the new owner showed up. Cece ended up suing the new owner because she had left stuff behind that she was trying to recover. On one morning as I was leaving for work, I saw the legal papers on the windshield of the new owner's car, so I made a point of asking about them. This is when I learned about all the drama and ongoing issues. The new owner indicated that they were going to have to document everything to defend themselves in court. This is where petty revenge came in. I asked if the new neighbor wanted video footage. I provided said footage of multiple loads of furniture being moved well past the deadline. I provided footage of CC's sister sneaking across my property 
to try and serve the new neighbor and then illegally leaving the paperwork on the car. I also provided footage of CC driving by at random times. With the footage I provided, the case was awarded to my new neighbor that had to countersue CC. Yeah, some people get weird about cameras, but come on, I want more details than that. What are you thinking? You can't stop there. Anyway, our next one is from Upward Spiral. My roommates are assholes, so I made sure to feed the ant colony in our house before I'm leaving. I am living in a student apartment with two other female students. They would always stay up until late, like 2am and make noise, constantly hurting my sleep schedule and also my ability to do well in exams. I have confronted them numerous times about this and I got some disgusting reactions. They would also leave the kitchen full of unwashed dishes. Like I cannot remember when the last time I actually saw the bottom of the sink was. They would deliberately leave the key to the apartment door inside the lock so that I couldn't come in without ringing the bell and waiting for them to open the door for me. I came to the conclusion that my best choice here would be to find a new apartment. So I have a few more days left until I leave and this weekend I'm all alone in the apartment until Sunday and I noticed an increasing presence of ants all over our dirty kitchen. As I said, they always leave the sink dirty with unwashed dishes. So ants started coming up lately and they are actually swarming the sink. At first, when I realized that, I was like, fuck this, I need to kill them. But then I thought to myself, why would I care? I'm leaving in a few days. They can roam around all they want. And then I realized that I have the apartment to myself for the weekend. So I did something very kind towards the ants, but maybe a little evil towards my roommates. Instead of getting rid of them, I might have started feeding them. Every couple of hours, I would leave them a spoon of brown sugar near the sink, where they were already gathered. I'm hoping they will grow a big colony. Go ants! Update. I started leaving them small chunks of pistachio nuts and they went wild for them. The only thing is that they seemed to be having a hard time moving them around even though I made sure they would be small pieces. Oh god, house shares are the worst. I'm not sure if I would legitimately choose homelessness over a house share at this point. Can't have a dirty sink if you don't have a sink. Our next one is from Second Snack. I guess I'm a salty bitch. It was 2012. I got my very first apartment with three friends. Me and the girl shared a room while the two boys shared the other. The girl had us all do a house meeting when we all moved in. She discussed general rules, which were common sense things. She explicitly said that if anyone has a problem with someone or something, just bring it up. Okay? How? However, she quickly became the only one in the house to have issues and yet she never brought it up. She would just be passive aggressive and be loud in her semi-silent tantrum like banging the door closed, stomping, slamming cabinets, etc. The rest of us didn't know if she had an issue with us or an outside issue like her boyfriend that made her moody because she never adhered to her own rule of confronting an issue if it was a house or roommate related. Me and her not only shared a bedroom, but a bathroom as well. 
Over time, I noticed that she didn't wash her hands after using the toilet. Considering I have to touch the same doorknobs as her to go in and out of the room or open the cupboard, I felt it an issue enough to bring up with her in private. You know, as per her rule. Her reaction? Attack every single person in the house for what offends her. Me? You leave your water cup on the counter. Still using it. Boy One always plays his computer games loudly. He uses a headset, our apartment's just echoing. Boy Two doesn't say hello to her when she comes back from class or greets her. What? She proceeds to call me a salty bitch and for the rest of our time together she continues to be passive aggressive and gets even worse, stealing money from people's wallets, throwing away something that wasn't trash and wasn't hers, hiding possessions to inconvenience someone else. If I said anything to her about anything, she defaulted to calling me salty. So, I decided to get my petty revenge. She made living with her uncomfortable the second she was ever in the apartment with anyone else. I decided to make her physically uncomfortable. I took some table salt and would sprinkle some in her bedding. Just enough to make her toss and turn and wonder what the fuck was making her so itchy. Salt, because it doesn't attract ants, was small enough and white enough to blend in with her bedding, and because it was safe enough spice to not stain the sheets or be obvious that it was a kitchen spice. She never did get another good night's sleep. I'd give her a day or two of salt-free sleep to make her think the issue was gone, at least until she pissed me or the others off enough to warrant another uncomfortable night or nights. She never found out what it was. No effort on my side, just a tiny sprinkle of salt every few days all over her bedding. If I'm such a salty bitch, might as well live up to the name, eh? Her restless sleep made her too tired to put extra effort into her bitchiness. Our next story is from Cyan Triple O. Candy Store tries to strong arm me into a purchase I shouldn't have been charged for. I stopped at one of those candy stores inside the mall that you always see with tons of bins full of random candy and the bags you can fill up yourself with tongs where you get charged some crazy price by the pound. On this visit, they seemed to be running a special. Next to where the bags were kept to fill up your candy, they had a sign saying free cups to store your candy. So I opted for that instead of the bag, knowing they would still weigh the cup too. When I got to the counter, they weighed the candy. The total came up on the register, but I had to question it since I may not have heard the price right. It was about double what I was expecting it to be. I asked how much the candy they weighed and what the price breakdown was. The two clerks behind the register looked irritated that I had the gall to question them, but gave me the weight and also added that they charged me several dollars for the cheap plastic cup that was supposed to be free. Aren't those cups supposed to be free? I asked. No, they're not free, they're four dollars. Well, there's a big sign saying free cups. No, there isn't. I walk over and point to the sign that said free. Oh, we used to have free cups, but we ran out, so we put jars there instead. Isn't that a little bit misleading? No, because these are jars. Wouldn't it be fair to say someone looking up at that sign that says free cups Seeing a plastic container where the sign is assumes that that is a cup. No, because it's not a cup. 
There is nothing else around the sign. Only the containers and a sign that says free. No response. I was getting nowhere. Fine, fine. I'll just dump the candy in a bag and you can keep the jar. No, you can't do that because you already touched the jar and we can't sell it to someone else now. They said smugly, expecting my defeat. But I remembered. They didn't have my credit card yet. Okay, well, you can just go and keep the candy too then. Bye. They realized they would now need to toss out both the candy and the jar that I had, and the smirks they were trying to hide quickly turned to scowls. I could feel the daggers being stared at me as I walked out. Ah, yes, that crafty candy store marketing. Think I'm as easy to fool as a nine-year-old? You would be wrong, sir. Not by much, but still wrong. Next story is from Lou Ran. Deliberately telling my future mother-in-law the wrong name for my baby. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, 23 female, and my fiance, 25 male, are expecting a baby girl next month. We're really excited as this is our first child and we've been trying to prepare for parenthood. A lot of our family has been helping with baby stuff and giving us general advice. They're also really super excited for her especially my future mother-in-law. She's a very stubborn person and hasn't really accepted me as part of the family yet. She always tells my fiancé how he could do so much better than me and that he's fallen into the trap of having my child. It's hurt me a lot and my fiancé has had to talk to her about it, but she still hasn't apologized or anything, so I just tend to ignore it now. She's also one of those mums who posts every little detail of their life to Facebook, like when my fiancé proposed she was straight to Facebook before we announced it ourselves. Recently, me and my fiancé have been coming up with names for our little girl, and we both decided on the perfect name. A few days ago on a phone call, my fiancé accidentally slips up by telling my future mother-in-law that we've chosen a name. She has been non-stop messaging us and calling us to find out what the name is. We don't want to tell her until the baby is born so that it doesn't ruin the surprise and the whole of Facebook finds out before we're comfortable telling everyone. She tried guilt-tripping my fiancé by telling him how he's hurting her by not telling his own mother the name of her grandchild that he doesn't love him, and that we, especially me, are going to try and keep her from seeing the baby. Uh, I'm not sure why she would think that, as nothing we have said has suggested it. To stop her from getting on my fiancé's back, I wrote a message saying that if she wants to know, she can't post it on Facebook. She agreed. I told her a fake name. Five minutes later, it's on Facebook. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to be granny to baby Charlotte next month. I'm so proud of OP's fiancé and his partner. My fiancé was furious. He called her and told her she was wrong to announce it. She said she was overjoyed by it, that she couldn't resist. He told her how that wasn't even the name, 
and that we aren't going to tell her until she's born and hung up. It's been a few days and my fiance has been getting texts from her saying she didn't mean and I'm the arsehole for telling her the wrong name. Her words were, who even tells their future mother-in-law the wrong name of their grandchild? Eh, it's pretty harmless to be fair, that's exactly the sort of thing I'd do to be honest. Anywho, this one is from not evil, just British. <laughs> Insult my dog. Enjoy your slug-eaten garden. My sister and her husband are spending a lot of time in the hospital with my baby nephew, who has some health problems. So I've been dog-sitting Fred, my sister's 16-year-old dashout. My neighbor saw me bringing Fred in for the first time and freaked. Wanted to know why I was bringing in strays, said that we'd end up overrun if the other dogs found out. The crazy cow seems to think the twilight bark from 101 Dalmatians is a real thing. She tried to kick poor Fred. He growled because she was shouting at him, but he's so old his teeth are almost useless. He couldn't have bitten her even if he wanted to, and she could see that. But she still kicked him because she's evil. Even when I told her he's my sister's dog, she didn't apologize. Just told me to keep his ugly face away from her garden and stomped off. I hate this woman. I can't cope with her racist homophobia and all-round nastiness when I'm her target. But Fred is elderly and frightens easily. He's confused and he misses my sister. He deserves to be avenged. Confronting my crazy neighbor will not help. I've learned this through long experience, and so my petty revenge plan was born. I've had a few issues with slugs getting into my house, escaping the warm weather. I used to just put them near the compost heap, but now, now I drop them onto her vegetable patch, along with any others I can find lurking. I've even set up some old pots in shady places to encourage them. I'm committed. Every evening, she removes slugs from her veggies and gives them a good watering. And half an hour later, I drop several big fat slugs right over the fence, right on top of her lettuces. By morning, her lettuces look like lace. She's losing her mind, shining torches into every nook and cranny, looking for slugs every night. She's setting up beer traps and eggshells and cursing all of mollusk kind. It's glorious to behold. Damn you, you bastard! You don't even have a shell! Mollusk homophobia. Yeah, yeah, I should. Yeah, I'll, I'll just read the next story. My abusive ex asked for their guitar back. So, I did. About two years ago, I got in a relationship with this really charismatic, polite, laid-back person. I'll call them B. B and I took things super slow because I had a very negative past with dating and went on many dates before we became official. B was incredible. Kind for about four months. And then before I knew it, they had started treating me like shit. They used a very common manipulation tactic of subtly breaking me down and weaponizing my insecurities. E.g., it never happened like that, you just don't have good memory, you're just too sensitive. Anytime I confronted them. 
For those of you fortunate enough to have never experienced that, it breaks you down very quickly and can eventually make you question your sanity and reality. B saw that beginning to happen and took the opportunity to lie, to cheat, and to behave terribly with little to no repercussion. This sent me into an awful spiral. I was depressed and felt like I was being held emotionally hostage. Before everything went to total shit, I was building a custom guitar for them. I'm talking bare bones, did almost all of the electrical work and assembly myself. I was almost finished with it before I finally snapped out of it, because someone literally messaged me with proof that B was dating another person, and we broke up. And I blocked them on everything. Yet somehow, months later, they managed to text me harassing me to give the guitar back. I tried everything to get B to stop contacting me, but it got to a point of borderline stalking, and I decided to give it to them. So I got the guitar from storage and completely disassembled it, even took out the frets and custom inlays, put all the screws, pegs, switches, knobs, etc. into a ziplock bag, and took the extra research and effort to switch the tone and volume connections. Then I neatly packaged it up and left it on their front porch with a note saying, figure it out. I believe the technical term for that is narcissistic gaslighting, but the top comment on this one is awesome. Should have gone to an electronic store, gotten some random components of different sizes and thrown them in the bag as well. <laughs> Next one is from Spooky Scary Goth Girl. You wanna steal my chocolate? Hope you like spending the afternoon on the toilet. This story takes place a few years ago when I was 25. I had a 20-something co-worker who we'll refer to as Megan. I chose this name because she pretty much was like Megan from Drake and Josh. Annoying, always liked to stir up trouble and loved eating food that wasn't hers. One day I went to my work looking forward to having some of my imported chocolate with my lunch. Lo and behold, I found out that Megan had taken it during first break and had just eaten it. Now at the time, we all knew it was Megan doing it, but nobody had any 100% solid proof other than the food only going missing on days she was there. She didn't work full time, and she was only in three days a week. Anyway, I decided it was time to make her pay. No one eats my chocolate and gets away with it. That night, I went home and baked some brownies with chocolate chunks in them. The next morning, I brought in two separate baggies. The first contained regular brownies, nothing special about those. I gave those to my co-workers before Megan arrived, and everybody loved them. The second bag was marked with my name and placed with my lunch. What no one else knew was the two brownies in my lunch bag did not contain normal chocolate chunks. I instead laced those with chocolate laxative squares, about two or three in each one. The trap was set. Like clockwork, first break came and went. I didn't check if she had taken the brownies, but I didn't have to wait long to find out. Not long after first break, Megan had to frantically leave her desk and nearly sprint to the bathroom. Four desks away, I'm trying not to laugh. She comes back a considerable amount of time later, but before long, she's back up again. This repeated several more times until I'm pretty sure Megan's inside were more or less empty. While she never said anything, I think most people worked out what had happened. The upside is, 
Megan never stole food at that place ever again. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining us on this fantastical episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you hang around for the rest of them. And if you do, you fantastic folks, I will see you in the next episode. Until then, take care. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.